Welcome to Getting Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness, and every week I sit down for a 40-minute conversation with an absolutely brilliant expert to learn all about something that makes me curious. On today's episode, I'm joined by half of the super funny, crime-fighting, power diva couple, two dope queens, Phoebe Robinson, where I'm trying to figure out, Phoebe, how did you become so dope? Welcome to Getting Curious. I'm really excited. I, uh, I'm i just going to rip the bandit of our guest off because I can't. There's too much of a buildup and I'll just freak everyone oh my out. God. It will. <laughs> Welcome to Getting Curious. Um, Phoebe Robinson, honey. Hi. How are you? I'm really happy to see you. It's good to see you too. It's not on my TV for once. Yeah. <laughs> or actually, I watch you on Instagram a lot. You do? Yes. Oh, thank you. Watch my Insta stories. Yeah, I love I just... your Insta stories. I like you have great content. Oh, thanks. I try, you know. So yeah. take me back. <laughs> you were born. Oh, because basically, yes. this is the question that we're asking today. <laughs> yes. Because you know, every episode, this is like Jeopardy, You're and every adorable. episode is a question. Yeah. So, like, how did you get so damn dope? Oh, I don't know. I still feel like I'm kind of a dweeb. Absolutely but... not. <laughs> but I don't know. Dudes would never have the snatch of a hair. That's true. I do Honey. have a thank you, Sabrina. She hooked it up. Triple threat. <laughs> there, she's got a triple threat snatch pony going on. I see. Yes, I. She got three. I think three ponies was the yes. base. Honey. Yes. <laughs> and then we just got some braids working up in there. Honey, she's looking like a damn royal queen. Honey, you're looking like um. You know what it looks like, honey? What you are. Solange, who just survived the battle of Winterfell, honey. Yes! You got a promotion because you're alive. And now Christina Aguilera is like, you know what, bitch? No more of, you know, and, and I loved your little baby, like your little headband with your little Afro, Miss Solange. But now yes. actually you're going to be having this Dothraki braid, bitch. Yeah. Because no one can get the best of you. Yes. I you love watch, this. don't you? I love, I'm, I'm all caught up on Game of Thrones. You're all it caught was, up. It was very stressful. So what we're going to have to do right now is we're going to have to put in a marker for if you're not caught up on Game of Thrones. If you have not seen spoiler, alert, uh, this, this is going to be up through episode three of this season of Game of Thrones. Ooh. So we can just go and talk about this for you know six or seven minutes. Yes, we have to. So for me, yes, I was very surprised mm-hmm. with this episode three turn of events because I was of the thought that they were going to go that route of um, Night King was going to go to King's Landing, transform Blonde Cher and all those people. <laughs> you know, no evil, yeah. no volume. Carol Brady. Yeah, they were going to transform all those people to White Walkers, and yeah. I thought that they were going to come on up and get the beleaguered last twenty standing, and just I thought that it was going to be that. But that's the thing. That's what's great about GOT is be, they never give you what you expect. They always like switch it up on you. Which but is do why. we think the White Walkers are dead? Do we? Yes. Really? I think it's done. I think we're moving forward. I mean, we still have, like, we have so much to get through in only three episodes. Do you not think that there's, like, a maybe an alive White Walker baby somewhere? I don't think so, because once you kill the Night King, they're all dead. And that's always been the... Sim- that's always been the history of it. Because I know this isn't real, but I just, this is the history of the White Walkers. Yes. So back in the time when... Yeah. Um, uh, I well, I used to call him Tubby Lubby, but that was back in the day when it was cool to yeah. you in comedy back in 2013. We were still body time. shaming. We were still body yep. shaming back then. We would not. We do not call that him anymore. Are in you fact, talking about Samuel Tarley? Yes, I don't Sam. call him. I used to because I used to call him Tubby Lubby. Um, what do we call him now? We're going to edit and post. You. We're going to edit just and post. We're editing and post just so you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, but remember when he killed that Night Walker or the White Walker that one time in yes. like season five? Yes. Don't you remember maybe when he killed him, some yes. other White Walkers that he was with also shattered? So was that like maybe a lieutenant that he killed back then? Or was there just I one think, alone? I think that was one alone. I don't remember. 
I know he's shattered, but I don't think he was a lieutenant because he don't think he didn't have white hair. The oh, lieutenants the white hair. have the white hair. And now and everyone's then, dead. Yeah, and the Night King has a crop top from Strawberry. So it's a very... <laughs> <laughs> so we really, really, are, they're gone. Yeah, they're done, though. Which, you know what? I think it's great. I'm glad that Arya was the one who did it. That I did bitch. not see that coming. I fucking screamed when he grabbed her throat. I was like, this is it. We're, we're all done. I thought her throat was going to get burned I mean, from his hand. Oh, because you know how Brienne got like that burn on his I arm know. or whatever. Yeah, that, called that ice burn. Yeah, that mountain skiing <laughs> face wind burn. No, but it was a great episode. I sobbed, Jorah. That hit me so hard. Oh, Jorah. Yeah, White Downton. Drake. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I call him Downton. You call Sir him Carl- Down- I call Sir him- Carlisle. Sir yeah. Carlisle. <laughs> I call him White Drake because he's very thirsty for love and never going to get it. He, yeah. Oh. Right? Wow. Like, like, Drake gets love. He just doesn't want to settle down. Right. But like. Am I right? Like Drake Jorah- could settle down if he wanted to. He just doesn't want to. Right. He hasn't met me yet. And he's still like <laughs> really feeling like he's so heterosexual. And I get it. Yeah. Wouldn't that be such news? If, if like, you two started dating, they'd be great. Draca, are you sure that you're not into like a mustaches and like a <laughs> like kind of like a full figured like mustache having like collarbone length bob sort I of? I think he could be into it. He just hasn't met you yet. And also like so modern feeling like me and like his baby <laughs> mama just really working together to like. You're going to. Co- oh, my God. The co-parenting. co-parenting. Yeah. I haven't even thought about that aspect yet, but that could be good. I honestly could be Polly if they wanted to get together, too. Like it's. <laughs> Like, honestly, like, it's, maybe it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I could do Polly. I don't know if I'm a throuble person, honestly, no. as well. I think I'm very bipedal. You know what bipedal means? What is that? It's like two, two, two together, like bipedal, like two people. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm soups monogs. Like, yeah. I only want just, like, one person, and that's it. I yeah. do think it could be cute, though, like, once a year, if you guys, like, went to that place in Paris where, yeah. like, all the straight people go to swing. There's this, apparently, this what? place in Paris. Yeah, apparently there's this place in Paris, and I'm not going to bust anybody out, but I've heard about <laughs> it several times, and there's this place where the heterosexuals go to swing in Paris. Okay. All, everyone who's anyone has been there. I've heard Steven stories. Steven Spielberg, has he been there? <laughs> Yes! yes. Okay, that's hot. Yeah, my friends hooked yeah. up with someone who I just mouthed. Yeah. Yep, just mouthed. They hooked yeah. up and um but yeah, major. Yeah, so um, not Steven Spielberg. So sorry, I think guys. once a, yeah, once I think once <laughs> a year it could be interesting for heterosexuals okay. to have sort of a situation like that. You know, you're in Paris, they're not a threat to your relationship. Just because we are a people who likes to have fun. Yeah. Um, but in general, I do agree. And you get miles too. So it's like, it's worth the trip. Oh yeah. yeah. Who even thought of that yeah. way? <laughs> yes. Okay. So back to Game of Thrones. Yes. So now that that's episode three predictions yes. for, how do you think it's going to end up? I mean, I don't know how it's going to end. I, I'm fairly certain that Jamie is going to kill Cersei. I would be so into a he has to do it. deep lovemaking, one last yeah. hurrah, and then he just... Yeah, that would be hot. But that's messed up to have violence against women like that. Maybe she's going to kill him like that. Maybe she's going to no, pray Mantis him. She, no, Cersei is out of control. She has to die. She might pray yeah. Mantis him, though, and she might kill him, and then someone else is going to have to kill her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because she might pray Mantis him. I don't know. I think they're going to do it, and then she's going to eat his head right on off. So you want Cersei to win? No. Okay. Here's the thing. Cersei just did kind of like win me over because she made friends with her shame of being so in love with her brother. Yeah. Like she used to be ashamed of it and now she's screaming it from the rooftops. And I just think it's, wow. I mean, I think that that's great. But I think she went too far when she basically like threatened to kill Jamie. 
You remember in season seven? Remember oh. in season seven when they like had that like fight and the mountain was there? Oh yeah. And then Jamie walked away. I was like, "You're you're out of pocket. We gotta calm down." And the fact that she didn't take the she like didn't you know side with John and Daenerys and make sure like the what I'm like you're not in this for the right reasons. Not to use like a bachelor thing, but she's not here for the right reasons. So uh, yeah, she's not. And I yeah. do want to see her lose. Yeah, I do want to see her lose. Yeah. So wait, who do you think is ultimately gonna win? For a while, I was like, I think maybe Tyrion could get on the throne, but I don't know if that's the right ending. What in your heart of hearts is the right ending? I feel like Arya being on the throne would be the right ending. I think Jon Snow's got to die. I think like he for real has to die this time, and it'll be like devastating because he's not coming back. Um, um, I like Sansa, but I, I don't know if her. I don't know. I think Arya should take the throne. Wow, where's Christina Aguilera fit into this for you? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, Daenerys is entitled. She's an entitled white girl. She's been through a lot. I want to say she has been through a lot. I'm not saying that she hasn't. But the way that she came into Winterfell and was like, why is not everyone, like, bowing at my feet? It's like. Because she has had two dragons. Right. But what I'm saying is, like, what she needs to learn as a leader is that it's not just about saying, I'm the leader. Like, you need people to want to fight for you. And I feel like, for example, when Theon came back to be like, I want to fight for you, Sansa. Like, I don't think that Daenerys inspires that in people in Winterfell. And so it's like, she still hasn't figured out how to be that leader yet. And She's still kind of taking a Trump approach. Yes. And when she was just like, you know, John, like, your sister's like not being nice to me. I'm like, why are we having this conversation right now? Like, the Night King is fucking walking up here and you're like, check your sister. I'm like, your priorities are not together. I don't know. I, uh, okay, you know? but wait, I have a question. Yes, let's talk about it. If she had been like a woman of color, would she like, would she still be like an entitled white girl? Like, no. But you'd be like, right. or, 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 would you be like, if she, like, would be, like which, why is she having like, I want to see your manager vibes yeah. or something? <laughs> yes, I, but I also think a black woman would should not never be, have done like, she would right. have been smarter in the fucking first place. Exactly. She'd be like, we, we, will t- we will table this. Your sister's being wild. We will table it. <laughs> I'm going to fucking roast everyone right now. But like, you know, like a black woman would have been like, I can't come in hot like that. You know, but I do. I do think there are. Strange Which honestly, Daenerys. I'm sick of that. <laughs> I'm ready for just like s- fucking take the lamppost and fucking <laughs> shove it right up my ass. If I'm being like that, you know what I'm saying? Like I think, you know, why can't she? Yeah, you know. Yeah, maybe it's like, yeah, I don't even. Yeah, but I see what you're saying. Right? Who do you think is going to end up on the throne? I've had this long. Long idea. Okay. You know how in swimming, um, yeah. at the la- like as the heats go on, mm-hmm. um, they get faster. Yeah. And there's this thing called the outside smoker because it should be like you know the outside lanes are the slowest, and mm-hmm. then like the middle, like lane four and five are usually the fastest. Like Michael Phelps was usually like you know in lane four or five, like the middle lane. Yeah. So there's this phrase called like the outside smoker, like you don't see them coming. Yeah. Right. So I, I call her Lena Dunham. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she is Theon's sister. Oh, Yara. And I think Yara might be out there sailing the the Nina Maria and the Santa Maria or whatever, <laughs> the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Just have, and I think everyone might go wild and kill them, kill every key child. Okay. Each other. And I she do might like just Yara. come home to like a sort of everyone's gone. Well, I, shit. And I would she not might be have to repopulate that. with those sailors. <laughs> 
She's going to train run on her with all these sailors. Oh, no. No, but a nice one, like okay. a consensual train. Okay, great. Like such a lovely consensual kind of poly. It's like a poly jitney. train. It's a jitney to the Hamptons. Yes. That's all it is. And everyone is just working really yeah. hard to restock <laughs> our shelves because so many people died. Yeah. But I think Yara could be an outside smoker. And I've, okay. I've thought that for a while. Just because no one's really looking at her. And yeah. you know, because remember in the Red Wedding when we spent all that time building up all these people. I think he might have spent a lot of time building up a bunch of people who actually yeah. won't really be there. Yeah. Okay. Do you, okay. What do you think about I that? I mean, no. I do like Yara. I think it's. I think they really have to sort of set that up so it feels earned. But I think that that's a really interesting and smart choice because I do think as a ruler, she has a great skill set. Yeah. You know, you're really focused on, like, the skill sets of a ruler, which I think is really, like, that really, I think that really speaks to, like, your personality, like, how you created this, you know, you're the co-creator of the of, of two dope queens, you're yeah. the creator, you're an author, no wonder you are, like, this is how you have led your winning empire, because you got your mind on, like, you know, yeah. what, are the, what are the qualities of the leader, and we're going to go there just after the break. Welcome back to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Van Ness, honey. We have Phoebe Robinson. She is an she's a comedian, author. She have you we do scripted stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you do hella scripted I shit. I love it. Yeah. Have you ever done a scripted drums? I haven't, but I would love to do a drama. I just, think it could be fun. Just yeah. What about like big little lies? Like ooh. if I was like in there. What about nudity? Would we do nudity? I don't think I want to do nudity. I would do upper butt crack, lower small <laughs> on my back, sort of bo- really body positive, really Botticelli, like not like Game of Thrones, yeah. you know? Yeah, But yeah, more yeah. like Jamie Lee Curtis and um and that and that Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, lies. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, when yeah, she's yeah. on those bedposts, honey, that gave me when I was eight. I was like, wow, with her slick back little Natalie and Brulia haircut. Yeah. That would be fun, but I don't think I could do nudity. Like I just wouldn't like want to tell my parents like tune in. And classic, then, classy. Yeah. No. I don't know. Backless, just classy backless. I would do like drapey classic backless. I would do Shut like up. shower, shower scene where it's like there's a lot of mist, there's a lot of water. You see like my shower cap. I wanted to be real, like black people having sex. Like I'm wearing a shower cap in this sex scene. I also I'm just, not getting my hair wet. I also, yeah. or, or, yeah. or, or, I yeah. also just went to this, like, sort of a cleansing conditioner campaign, mm. like a soapless shampoo. Okay. Really moisturizing, really hydrating. It's in the shower. You're yeah. doing commercials. Yes. This is more on the commercial side. Okay. Are you with CA, William Moore? Who are you with? I'm with UTA. Oh, shit. I need to get over to their endorsements because I really just had, I think I had a very yeah. good vision. <laughs> it's like this, it's a hair campaign. Okay. Great. It's, it's very, um, it's a cleansing conditioner. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, it's it's no soapy bubbles yeah. for you. And it's very, um, why am I so into you doing topless scenes? I don't understand. <laughs> Who would have known when I woke up this morning that I was going to like Harris, Phoebe Robinson <laughs> and, and getting curious? Well, I'm going to just softly pivot away from there. But I do think that a gorgeous cleansing conditioner. Okay. It's shower. It's tiles. It's, I want more commercials with you. Okay, yes. I would my dream commercial would be my dream campaign would be Fenty Beauty. Rihanna does not need me. But I would How do to, you know? She's got it she's got she's got it taken care of. It's like her, it's Ducky Thought, Slick Woods. Like that's a trifecta of just like Coco Khaleesi's. Damn. But you know what I mean? If but I could are just any of them the, funny? 
I mean, because you you got the skin, yeah. you got because you got that That's texture, true. honey. You got that pretty texture, but you also got that wit. That's true. If I could just be in the background on one of the campaigns, fuck a background girl. I think I'm feeling more like Connect Four, honey. You got that the four. Oh! You know, say like you're just yeah. You know, there's the three, but then you're just like, oh right my there. god. So, but wait, okay. take us back. Yes. It's the early 90s. When I was born. Yes. No, I was just... born in 84, but... Okay, yeah. oh, cute. We are 87. <laughs> oh, yeah, right there, we're sisters. So, um, so you were born in 84 mm-hmm. in... Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, yes. home of... LeBron James. And Halle Berry. Yeah, I was just there. I just did some stand-up in Cleveland. Nice. Great, gorgeous town. I didn't know how cute she was. Very yeah. cute downtown. Yeah. <laughs> so you're minding your own business. Yes. Minding my own business. My parents have been married almost... 40 years. Still. Yes. Good they, for them. They, they have just been fell in love. Uh, my brother's back there. He actually got into politics. And so Is he, he a state senator? No, he's a, he's a, a state rep, District 6, and he flipped it. Oh, wait, a federal one or the local, local. state? Local, yeah. Bitch, I yeah. love a state legislature. Your brother is a state legislature, and he flipped a red district blue in the 2018 yeah. midterms? Philip Robinson Jr. What a sweetheart. Yeah. I'm literally shook. I talk about state legislatures a fair amount. It's iconic. I wish I really would have known that before my Cleveland show. I would have really brought the house (laughs) down with that piece of information. (laughs) Wow, how's his first term going? He's excited. I think it's just sort of like, so he still has his, so he does nonprofit work at City Year, so he still has that job too, and he has two kids. So it's a lot to Have you ever been more proud? I'm so proud of him. He went after his dreams and he just did it, and he's so smart and so wonderful and so thoughtful. I think he makes, he has a skill set as a leader, LOL, but I just think he's so great and the fact that he got in and it was just like I want to be a part of the change I love I love it so much and really like and we talked about this before too but like state legislatures are just so much important because when Mm -hmm. you have like a crazy federal government happening if your state legislature's cute um, it can you actually can like protect your state and like your actual immediate residents from some of the like tyrannical yeah. uh, you know tendencies of the federal government yeah it's all in our constitution yeah. <laughs> who would have known your brother know. is it the first person in your family who ever got into politics like yeah. who knew I know so it's so great like he's doing his thing I'm doing my thing here in New York so it's just like real little like is he funny too he is funny I think he's just sort of like oh I'm like whatever but he is really funny is he your older brother or little he's brother older four years older so you yeah. guys are just little babies in Ohio, yeah. and then you decided to move to <laughs> New York when we're you 17. were seventeen. Yeah, and you got here, mm-hmm. and you were like, "I'm just, you know, doing open mic nights or something." Yeah. Well, I moved here because I, I always wanted to live in New York, and I wanted to um, work in film as like a producer, screenwriter. And I was like, I'm going to move to New York. It's going to be just like Felicity. Like, there's going to be guys in my dorm fighting over me. That did not happen. Uh. Just want to make that clear. Well, I was not making out. Did you like get a, a haircut or something? No. In that, like, <laughs> like an un, like with a haircut that no one saw coming, and so it fucked up the dick game or something. Because that no. messed up her. It messed up her. I know. It messed up that show. It did. That's why I'm scared about getting a haircut. Honestly, I think you get a hair. I, I, what I will say is people overreacted to the haircut. I thought she looked so cute. With she the looked short adorable. Hair. Yeah. People but people were just. Mean. But it was a hard. It was a slider, or like yeah. a hard curveball when they were expecting that fastball. You wanted those natural curls. That were those long. Cur- they were wow. so long. But yeah. that wasn't. You just. You just did not. You. But I was not cool. Maybe you just weren't going to the right parties. I mean, maybe, but I just think I had like no game. The social anxiety. You know, I was still wearing just like Oshkosh. You know, overalls. That like, can be cute. I mean, can it? Yeah. 
Okay, I feel like that's like I would be a perfect candidate for your show. Like if I, I was I'll, wearing those overalls, you'd be like Phoebs. Uh, maybe, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Tan loves an overall, and I love overalls too. But I do think yeah. like I had several extreme awkward phases yeah. in my late teens, early twenties. I mean, even up till. 20s, like the beginning of Game of Thrones, which is like in 2013. Like, yeah. I feel like I was still, because you know what it is? Once you get a checking account, that cures a lot of your yep. awkward phases. That's true. It does. Because, like, yeah. before I had money, I was all, that's the best I could do. Yeah. Like, honey, yeah. It, money helps a lot yeah. with your, right? You get like a direct deposit, like, you can go to Zara, done. Get a cute outfit. Yeah. I couldn't do that back then. I know. But so, anyway, you go to college. Yeah, I went to college. Great. I studied writing, and then I I did like improv on campus, which was like super fun. We went to college here? Pratt Institute in Brooklyn. You did? Yeah. And you were just like minding your own little baby business going to school? I was. I was like a little A student. I did improv, I was dateless, and then I graduated. <laughs> and I want to say I was 23. So this is 2008. My friend Lindsay, we went to, we were the same major together. And she wanted to take a stand-up class. And I was like, I don't really watch it. I think it's stupid. Like, like I knew like Chris Rock and Ellen DeGeneres, but like I didn't really watch stand-up. And she's like, we'll just do it together. You hate your day job. Because I was, um, I was an executive assistant at an indie film company. And I just didn't like it. Like I thought I was going to love it. And I was like, oh, I don't think I like being in an office every day. Um, so I took the class with her at Caroline's on Broadway. Oh, yeah. Linda Smith was my teacher. And yeah, I just fell in love instantly. And then, so that was July 2008. And then I got laid off from my job October 2008. And I took that as a sign. I was like, oh, that's the universe clearing the path for me to be like, you should double down. So I just like did temp jobs. So Barack had just gotten elected. Yeah. And because before it was Bush, then Barack gets elected, yeah. honey. He and Hillary go head to head. Yeah. Then you get laid off right after he gets elected. It's like, no, it's right before October. Yeah. A month before Barack gets elected, you get laid off. And you're like, fuck it. I'm going to do stand up. Yep. And then what happened? And then I got Barack laid off. Wins. He, Barack wins. I got laid off. And then I just did temp jobs. Like I temped at Mac. Like I temped at like any other little places doing like admin stuff. And then I got a job at like an internet company being an assistant. And I would just do stand up at night. Like I would go to Staten Island and do like shows in biker bars. Like, you know, all that stuff where you just yeah. do like very unglamorous shows where like you're not getting paid. No one's paying attention to you, but it makes you like stronger. And that was like 11 years ago. And I just like really committed. You're Mrs. Meisling it back Yes, I was. Mazeling it or whatever. (laughs) I was. And then I just sort of was like, it's very like hard to like make it in stand up because it's like, unless you have a following, like no one cares that you're doing it. Yeah, I only got into it because I got a following. I had like a really like shitty, like spoiled. Were you doing stand up before? I well, Well, so like I. Like, I met Margaret Cho in 2014 from Game of Thrones. And she right. was like, you really need to do stand-up. And I was like, I would have a nervous breakdown. But what I would love to do is just, like, style your hair before you go do stand-up. Yeah. So, I went, <laughs> so I went to, like, a bunch of shows with her. And I would do her hair before she would go. And I would just, like, listen. And she was, like, my idol growing up. Like, I yeah. did watch Comedy Central a lot growing up. Like, that's where I got introduced to stand-up. Like, those, yeah. like, specials they would have at night. Um, and so, like, her and Lisa Lampanelli and, like, Janine Garofalo. Mm-hmm. And, like, those are, like, my, like, ladies. I was like, oh, my God, these ladies are so pretty. Yeah. Um, and so... <laughs> Um, but I didn't really try to do it, do it until it was like January of 2017 and it was like right before Queer Eye came out yeah. and I was like, I did it like top secretly in New York, like not putting it on my gram, just like mm-hmm. trying it. Cause I had like friends at UCB and I had friends at like, uh, like UCB in LA and like uh, other friends that just like had like little shows here and there. So I was like, let me just like try it. 
And because Margaret had been telling me I needed to do it forever. And yeah. then by the time I did it the first time, I was like, oh, no, I do love making people laugh, even if I suck at it sometimes. Yeah. But I really just kind of like learn kind of like on the job, which is yeah. funny because like probably like my 20th show or like 10th, like meh, probably like my 8th, ninth and 10th show was like selling out like, you know, huge shit in like San Francisco and Seattle, like yeah. 3,000 like place venues and being like. Yeah. Like I, I, I can sense my heart in my earlobe, and um, <laughs> and I also feel like I have diarrhea. Yeah, but this is totally normal. Yeah, <laughs> like you just did like three hundred meet and greets. Uh, also totally normal. Yeah. don't think too much about it. Just drink the seventeen coffees and get out there. Yeah, and swing for the fences. Yeah, it has been very surreal. If I, it feels like going on a um. Like a zip line or something. Yeah, it's crazy, but it's like so fun and I really love it. And so I just really fell in love with doing stand up. And then, you know, Jessica and I met 2014. So I was like six years in and I was just doing background on a thing she was doing on the Daily Show about black women's hair in the military. And it was like unpaid. We just sat in a hair salon and we like knew of each other. I just literally like sat in the background. I had like no lines. And that really just sort of changed the tra- trajectory of my career. So that was like really sort of I always say like sometimes it sucks to do things that aren't paid. But sometimes you get good stuff out of it. You 100%. Know what I mean? yes. Yeah. Is a hairdresser I did tons of shit for free yeah. for shout outs or for exchanges or whatever just because I, mean, I think at some point you got to know like when to draw the line exactly you, like but it's sometimes it's good to know like i did so much stuff for free and continue to do stuff for free mm-hmm. when i need to yeah um but so you guys met and then you, you guys just were like let's do two dope queens you just like had this little baby idea so we we had known of each other because she was i was basically when i graduated college before i started doing stand-up i did in private ucb i took a class and i was like oh this is cool but i can't really keep before you do this but she was basically like on in LA doing UCB and she was like the only black girl and I was like the only black girl here and so we knew of each other so when we're just you know downtime doing the shoot at, at the daily show at the daily show um I was like I have this sort of I have this podcast that I was doing out of my one bedroom apartment that had like a roach problem and like a leaky ceiling but I was like it's not ratchet like it's really cool like we've had some awesome people on she's like okay so I had her be a guest on the show It's like a podcast I was like putting up into SoundCloud. Like it was not like professional. Um, But I like taught myself how to edit and all these things and interviews. So she came over, she did it. We had so much fun. And she said she always wanted to try stand up. And I was like, well, let's just host a show together as a goof. And then she was like, okay, great. And then she left. And then like 10 minutes after she left, I accidentally deleted the interview. <laughs> Nightmare. I know. So I texted her. I was like, hi. So I accidentally deleted our interview, but I'll still see you next month to do our show, right? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, sure, fine, whatever. Oh, God. I know. So I feel like it's such a piece of shit. And then we did the show, and it was at UCB East, um, and it was called Blaria, because that was the name of my blog, Black Daria. And <laughs> we just sort of like had this amazing chemistry, like, on stage. Like, we were going to do all this prepared stuff, but we didn't have time. So it's like, you say some things, I'll say some things, and we'll just sort of riff and do improv together. And it just sort of worked. And we were like, this feels like a really cool first date when you just, like, smash right away, and you're like, yeah, this is fine. And so we just were like, yeah, let's do this again. And then it just sort of snowballed, and we're like, this is something special. We should sort of, like, change the name and really, like, do, like, a proper podcast. And that really sort of kind of changed everything. It was crazy. We're going to be right back with more Getting Curious with Phoebe Robinson right after this. Hey. 
Welcome back to Getting Curious. This is Jonathan Vaness. And the next thing I know, I'm in Brentwood. I'm driving my car to work. I look up. I see this huge billboard with you two. It's like two dope <laughs> queens. I'm like, what is that? And I think that was the HBO special. Yes. That I was thinking. That's where I got really introduced to you because I really didn't – like I knew about Throwing Shade and I knew about Serial. Then I knew about Two Dope Queens, the special on mm. HBO. Then I went back and listened to the pod. So I kind of had like a reverse introduction. That's great. But those are the only pods that I knew yeah. of like before kind of getting into my own. So really like your – Time in comedy has been really expansive. Like you've seen, you're a young woman, but you've had like like eleven years yeah. doing this, at least like part time or full time, like in some amount of your time. Yeah, but dedicating like a large amount of your time to like figuring out the craft, figuring out your timing, like getting it together. And obviously, there's been so much that's happened in that time in terms of um, just who gets booked on what shows. There's still like a gross like subcurrent mm-hmm. of. Um, of the drop-ins of like, uh, um, like Louis C.K. for instance, who, if you go back into uh, Gay of Thrones archives, we were literally doing jokes about him from like things that he had done to like friends of friends of friends on really? Gay of Thrones, like an episode, oh, no. like literally back in like 2000, like we we had our finger on that pulse a hot second. Wow. Yeah. But you, I, that's one thing I like about your Insta stories and like on your Instagram is like you'll speak to like, because you just were at a show like a like it was like. It was at New York Comedy Club. It wasn't Louie. It was a different comedian. But I was just definitely sort of like, and I, I don't want to say everyone has But that to, was a feed post, girl. I yeah. liked it. You went in on it. You were like, this is going to be on my stories. I'm putting this on my feed. Well, yeah, because I feel like, you know, you go to comedy clubs, you do theaters or whatever. There is no sort of HR. So if someone, a predator, can just show up and work and no one's going to stop them. And I was just sort of like, I think comedy clubs kind of have to step it up in a way and be like, I'm just not going to let you perform here if you're going to be sexually abusive in the workplace or outside of the workplace. And so for me, it was just like not a matter of being a hypocrite, but I'm like, I think because I am so outspoken about things that if I don't say, well, I just won't perform in the show, then it's like I'm I'm making a stand on social media, but not in real life. And so I just wanted to carry it over into my real life and it just be like, I don't have to be on a show if some unannounced comic is going to come on who has a history, a pattern of sexually abusive behavior. I just don't need. So you just pull out? Yeah, I just was like, I left. I love straight it. up, I called a lift and I left. And then yeah. I, I absolutely love this. Oh, I have to say, from yeah. doing my own shows, I don't love. Mm-hmm. And also I think this is from like years of doing hair and I'm kind of like a schedule queen. Like okay. just because like I am a hairdresser and like I don't want the bleach to sit in for an extra like 15 minutes. And yeah. I kind of like because like the job is to make it look like it's all fun and games. Mm-hmm. But really like I'm trying to stick to a schedule. And you know how like when I like, get the show starts at 830, obviously it's not really going to start to like 840 because everyone's going to yeah. like file in and stuff. But I'm not trying to start at like 850 yeah. on like an 830 show. Yeah. Like 840 for sure. But that's but my shows are kind of like, you know, I'm sure in Two Dope Queens is like this like you have like your four people or your three people and you have your list of like how many people are going and how much time you're going to do between so I don't really love it because I've had this happen to me at certain venues where like like a really famous person will come and want to mm-hmm. be like oh can they just do like a seven minute drop and I'm and like they never just do seven minutes and I'm like <laughs> no and then because like that's happened to me like more, like three times I can think of with three different people mm. and I love the person but it's not even that but I'm just like my agita like my own anxiety like I will perform badly if yeah. you and I don't want to resent you yeah you know <laughs> and if you really would have just like asked me a week ago yeah we could have like done a zhuzh yeah but I don't like like an unexpected mom yeah do yeah. you does that I don't mind an unexpected moment but I think it just, I do I must just be yeah. like uptight I'm surprised that you are I am anti- uptight yeah <laughs> I am. 
I am. But I don't mind. I think it could be like fun for shows and stuff, but I do think as long as a person's not a creep, then you can. Yeah, none of these people were even creeps. I was yeah. just like, no, it's really going to give me like anxiety. Like if yeah. these people, because like there's like another show at 11 and I just like, I can't be, I, I'm yeah. all, I have a breakdown. Yeah. I think that's like maybe that's like a little bit of like a hairdressing timing PTSD right, from yeah. doing hair color. Jonathan, you're at a comedy show. You don't have to be such a stickler about it, you know? But you know what? Sometimes it's not. I say be you. Because don't we just, just want to go home and go to bed? Yeah. Always. Yes. Like, Always. I'm obsessed with going home and going yeah, to bed. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need to go out. I don't need to go to parties. Yeah. But how has your, um, where I was going with that was like, how have your observations on like being a comedian and being like a working, you know, comedian and actress and content creator, like yeah. in this age of like kind of, because I feel like we're like in an interesting time. Because mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm at all like when people are like, oh, well, you know, if we start like doing cancel culture and if we start like, I'm like, yeah, but I feel like there's a difference between like subscribing to cancel culture and then just like holding people accountable and being yeah. like, because it's like Constance Wu was saying about, um, what was that essay she wrote? And it was like really because she was like, these are like, I don't want to have to like when you not. Oh, I think it's what he honest. Like when you like when you have to sell it's like this is the choice to celebrate these people with like awards. Yeah. So it's like that's kind of what it is for comedy. Like I feel like we can just like celebrate like other people. Like it's yeah. like it's like becoming like chicer to celebrate people that aren't problematic. Yeah. Or you could just be like you can allow. I think you can definitely allow for everyone. We all have to grow like we all have certainly made jokes that 10 years ago that we wouldn't make now because we're smarter. So I think there has to be room for that. But if you are being truly a toxic person and really being destructive, then I think it's fair to to sort of, I guess, cancel someone. But I, I do think that a lot of times I think some of the problems that people can have with cancel culture is that like you're holding people to standards that you wouldn't even hold yourself to. Right. And that's where it can get tricky where it's like, I read the what what article? What, oh, I think it was like USA Today. Someone wrote this op-ed because Kamala Harris owns a handgun. Yeah. And they're like, this disqualifies her as being yeah. a pre- like being a, a good candidate for a presidency. And I was like what? And in reality, that, that probably would make any... a lot of people in Arkansas like want to vote for her. But it's also, I'm like, so you don't have a problem with her policies that she owns a gun. And like, it just felt very like you're picking this one specific thing that I don't even know necessarily informs her policy at all. And then now you're being like, well, she's she can't be president. Yeah, it's very blanket statement. Right. And you, that's, I think, the problem that it can, it can grow into. But I think for the most part, I think we are living in a better time where it, you, you sort of can't you have to be a little bit smarter. I think we're all like a little sloppy before and now we have to be a little smarter and like be clean it up a little bit more. And I think that's always great. I'm noticing that I have this really annoying habit as an yeah. interviewer where if I'm into the person that I'm interviewing or yeah. if I'm nervous, I will ask a question and then talk through the entire question and then not even end up like asking the question that I meant to ask because I just get nervous. I do that a lot, especially if I look up to the person I've interviewed. So yeah. like high case and points are really what I was trying to say. Is um <laughs> like in your time in comedy, do you mm-hmm. feel like because sometimes I feel like in Queer Eye, like, I'll, we'll get this feedback of, like, oh, you know, like, um, uh, like, we've come such a far way. Like, um, like, do we really, like, do we really need a show that celebrates, like, this diversity? Because, like, we've come so far. Like, and then, mm-hmm. then it's, like, actually, we haven't come as far yeah. as we think that we have. And I think a lot of times we just like to make ourselves feel like we've come farther than we have. But in reality, if you know where to look, there's, like, a whole bunch of stuff that we really need to work so much harder on and do yeah. so much better about as far as, like homophobic attacks like bullying um access to health care for women like there's all sorts of stuff that like yeah. are are really under serious threat and like mm-hmm. backslide but then at the same time people be like oh but we've come so far like things are good but then it's like 
no, we really need to like keep our eyes open. Yeah. So in your time in comedy, like in in light of Me Too and in the in light of um you know, we like to think of ourselves as like becoming more diverse over time. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like from where you sit, like comedy specifically is becoming more inclusive and more diverse and celebrates like different voices outside of those same few? I think like yes and no. I think what's great now is a lot of the change is being, you know, sort of fueled by technology where there's like Broad City started as a web series, you know, Tudo Queen started as a podcast, Issa Rae started as a web series. So you can sort of, you know, create your own thing and build your own audience. And then when networks or the powers to be that come knocking, it's like you either want this package or you don't. And this is not a package that you can change. Like you're buying this. Um, so I think that's huge. Um, I think, you know, having someone like an Ava DuVernay is like very huge but I think overall like as long as the gatekeepers remain old white guys as long as the heads of networks remain old white guys then I don't know if comedy is going to have changed as much as long as like you know we're not celebrating like women and people in color and queer people in these spaces or they're given as many opportunities to fail as some white guys are, there's some there are some guys in this industry where it's like they can mess up as much as they want. They could have as many projects not work out and they'll still be given opportunities. Or 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 like just straight guys. Yeah, just straight period. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, but also straight white guys. Yeah. But there's like one in particular who I can think of who is he's straight, but he's not white. But honey, goddamn. <laughs> like Yeah. And so it's yeah, and so I feel like there are ways in which that, like, I think it would be cool. I think change will really happen when, like, you and I are allowed to really experiment and try all different kinds of projects. And then whether they are successful or they fail, we still have a thriving career. That's when I think real change happens. Who do you... Yes. <laughs> who do you... Who is yeah. your eye on? Is this like, you know, because you're Phoebe Robinson, mm, honey. You're very... You yeah. know, you've been in a lot of places, honey. You've got your ear to the ground in a very interesting <laughs> way in this comedic landscape, honey. Yeah. Who do you think is like the young Phoebe Robinson, the young Michelle Buteau that's real oh, like... You know, she's like the Rosalia, but of the comedic world. Have you heard of this Rosalia, this singer girl, this 20-year-old no. Latina? She is singing her little... That's she is. Cool. I just followed her on Instagram. She's killing it so hard. She's just, just such good music. Okay. But yeah, who is like the 20-year-old, 22-year-old, or maybe she's like a 30-year-old or... Th- 50 year old but you just started comedy like a month ago <laughs> I really like um, I really like Nori Davis we went to college together but he's super funny and his brother's trans and he has like all this really smart wonderful just like beautiful trans material just about race about politics like he's so amazing so I love Nori Davis I love um, PD Deabru he's like a, I think he's from the Bronx he's like a really funny guy we used to do a lot of shows together um, I really like Joelle Nicole Johnson. She's super awesome. I think she gets up a lot at the cellar. Um, she's done some stuff for Comedy Central. So those three I like just really super duper love. And those are all New York people, right? They're all New York people. Yeah. Can you think of like a random Chicago or like a West Coast one for people in America um, that are in New York? Marcella Guayo is based in LA. I think she's very, very funny. She has an album out called The Woke Bully. She did Two Dope Queens. Um, she, I, I absolutely love her. I'm obsessed. She's great. Yeah. Uh, cute, like off the top of your head recommendations. <laughs> okay, so that was like co- comedy, Two Dope Queens. And so I guess kind of to you have become a multi-hyphenate, which is not your yeah. fault that yeah. you've been very busy. <laughs> and you have, and you know, you came into much success, much touring, like much ability to like write books and do these mm-hmm. deals. Like, I guess I really want to hear, this is like a 
eight questions in one. Okay. But like what have been because I love the title of your first book. Well, I love the Thank title you. both, but the, what's you. the title of the first? You can't touch my hair and other things I still have to explain. In a minute and a half, because we have like five ish to seven ish left. Yeah. What is the like what is like the back cover of the book, like trailer synopsis? Oh, you can't touch my hair. Okay, so if you, black women are constantly having their hair touched by mostly white people. And I also know this, yeah. like, I'm a hair, I, was, I just yeah. need to ask where you need it. <laughs> um, and so I always, like, really love essay collections by, like, Tina Fey, Mindy Kaling. So I thought I would sort of write, you know, an essay collection about, like, growing up and, like, falling in love with my hair and talking about race and family and being an aunt and, like, you know, breaking into comedy. So that was sort of like the first book. And the second book, Everything's Trash, But It's Okay, sort of was inspired because, you know, number 45 is in office. And I was like, he wasn't supposed, like the villain's not supposed to win, but he won. Uh, but then I was really inspired by like, whether it's a Women's March or Black Lives Matter and like all these people being like, well, we're going to take back things and not just leave it up to like the few folks in power. Um, so that sort of inspired the book. So then I talked about in the second book coming out of $65,000 worth of debt, um, how I Met My Boyfriend, British Bake Off. Um, <gasps> Your man's from British Bake Off? No, no, that's his nickname. But he is oh. from the UK. I was like, oh my UK. fucking God. I was <laughs> like, who is he? I love that show. It's Paul Hollywood, no. But um, my my boyfriend's British, so he doesn't want his name out there, so I call him British Bake Off. Um, and so I just really sort of wrote about like feminism and politics and all those things and body positivity, and I really just am proud of both of those books. Love. And you guys Thanks. can get those. They're so good. And then is there any other gorgeous project that you, that's coming up? Yeah. Really want to, yes, what's happening? Yeah, so I have. I'm doing like my first like solo headlining tour around the country. Um, I'm very excited. It's called Sorry Harriet Tubman. Um, basically, like the idea of it just came because I'm kind of like a hot mess and I'm trash. And I'm like Harriet Tubman did not fight for equality, so I could be like a hot mess. So I'm low key apologizing for all the ways I'm ignorant, but having fun with it. And so yeah, I'm traveling. I'm doing, you know, Atlanta. Doing. I have to say though, I feel yeah. like Harriet. I mean. I didn't personally know her. I know I missed her by a few generations, but I feel like she'd be much proud. Okay, I hope so. All you're doing is using your platform to like lift up other artists all the time, and then like you're like you literally like like Titanic lifeboated your career last. Like you helped everyone else. You like got all these other people up. You like helped all these people smash in. Seriously, and you were just Thank kind of like you. being this like really like support like this like and I mean, but obviously like best supporting actress. But now you're like having yeah. your moment to like, and you need that, honey. You're fucking you. earned it. Thank you. You're so uh, goddamn talented. Thank you. But people can see me on the road. I'll be performing in Scotland at Edinburgh for the first oh, time. Fest? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's epic. Yeah, the final two weeks of August, August 12th through the 25th. Um, but if you go to PhoebeRobson.com slash tour, you can get all tickets and I'll have merch and I'll hang out, take pictures and, you know, try and be cute. Okay. Love yeah. that story. So you got to get, you guys got to do that. Okay. So then this is the final uh, yoga wrap up question. Okay. This is like my biggest concern for our country. And I love that your brother is Ooh. in politics. And yeah. it's not going to be as bad as you think it is. Okay. okay. Um, well, like, really, however bad you want to make it. So I'm really fascinated by like people, because I'm from rural Illinois. Like I'm from mm-hmm. like five hours southwest of Chicago, but my whole family's still in my hometown called yeah. Quincy. Um, and then like your, is most of your family still in Cleveland, mm-hmm. but you, you know, moved to New York. Yeah. So it's like I will sometimes put on Instagram like stuff to the effect of like, you know, y- y'all need to talk to your Aunt Linda's about. You know, because there's a lot of Aunt Linda's who I feel like are like the Trump supporters, and you know they're like ardently pro-life, even though I had like they had like six abortions, and yeah. they like are not able to separate like their own personal views from like right. the like what women need to be able to do with their doctors and such. So, like, what do you think is, or how do you, um, 
how do you engage with that? Like, what's your ear to the ground on Ohio? Like, because, you know, that's like such a swing state. She's yeah. very, you know, emblematic of like what who's going to win for president. Like, yeah. so really, I don't exactly know what the question is. Yeah. But like, <laughs> what do we need to do to like talk to our families? If you're someone who lives in New York or LA, like, how do you talk to your family? Like, how do we get our brothers to run for local state or run for state ledge? Yeah. Was that really his journey that you didn't tell him to do that? Like, he yeah, just no, he always kind of wanted to be in the politics, get into politics. But I think he was always like a little nervous and a little afraid. And I was just sort of like, life is short and you know like for I've been doing comedy for 11 years I always say the first eight and a half years I was insanely broke like no one knew who the hell I was we kind of have to go for it if you want anything to change and so I feel like the biggest thing that we have to do or one of the biggest things is like I can say as much as I want to say but like people normally listen to people who look like them or have like the same experience as them and so i feel like me sort of being like ohio you gotta do this 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 is not necessarily going to work but like you said like everyone sort of has to like talk to their group and really have conversations like real honest conversations about why they're voting the way that they're voting because a lot of times you know People are really passionate or they might be focused on like one like single issue that directly affects them. That will be something that I am not thinking about, you know, because I like I'm not a parent. I don't um, I don't, you know, live in like a smaller town where it's not as many like job opportunities. So it's like there are a lot of things that like I might miss. So I really want us to have real truthful, honest conversations about like what's going on in our lives is making people want to vote the way they want to vote. And then also we have to not discredit facts. I feel like we are now in a world in which facts don't matter. And I'm like, I think we have to return back to facts being the thing that counts the most. Like we really have to take those into account. We really have to be like, you can't say one thing and be like, Oh, I didn't say it. And like, that means you didn't say it. It's like, yes, you did say it. So there has to be a level of accountability. I don't think that's happening right now. And that starts from the top down. It's 45. Like he just does whatever the fuck he wants. And then like, he just goes, well, I didn't do it. Moving on. And I'm, that's crazy. We I'm can't do that. I'm so worried about what he's doing with women's access to health care. And know. like the crazy yeah. lies that he's saying at these rallies in Wisconsin and about like, you know, literally with late term abortion and like, you know, inflating the numbers and making it so much worse than it really is. And especially in places like Ohio that just passed yeah. that fetal heartbeat bill and um, really restricting women's access to health care and like contraception, which like we got to have that like young women need to be able to determine like how they have babies and when they have babies. Yeah. Crazy. And we have to do the homework. We can't just rely on officials telling us like we have to also do the research and be like, I really want to know what the actual truth is. Yes. Which is 24 weeks. Yeah. Which is not nine months. Yeah. Um, Phoebe Robinson. I love you so much. Jonathan Vanessa. I love you, and thank you for having me on. And your sweater is very cute. Much rainbow. Let's yes. go make some content for the gram. And, yes. Uh, just thank you so much. Thanks for coming. Thank you. It's on Instagram and Twitter at Curious with JVN. Our theme music is Freak by Quinn. Thank you so much to her for letting us use it. If you enjoyed our show, introduce a friend. Show them how to subscribe. Let them know. Spread the word. Spread the love. Get getting curious out there to everyone. Thank you so much for listening, and we love you to pieces. Getting Curious is produced by Cody Ziegler, Emily Bosick, Julie Creo, Ray Ellis, and Colin Anderson. Special shout out to our gorgeous social media coordinator, Lara Naiman. And shout out to me because I work really fucking hard and I'm exhausted and I'm raising two cats and I wish I had six cats and I don't have six cats. So, bye. Bye.